racked my brain over what I had and everything. And I was like, what is better than Jesus giving his life for our sins? So, because he lives, I can take it. <laughs> God sent His Son. They called Him Jesus. He came to love, He'll and forgive. He lived and died to buy my an empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I know, I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. How sweet to hold. Fear is gone 
church is just great being here. Um, I can't top that. That's pretty. That's a good personal story. But anyhow, dog got me for about a little less than thirty minutes. If I can get it done. Um, from prisoner to professor, Christopher Yuan was a dental student in Louisville, Kentucky. He thought to mix the party life and drug use with dental school. As so often happens, the drugs took over, and with a month, just a few months left before graduation, uh, he left school and moved to Atlanta to pursue a new lifestyle. When his parents found out, they were devastated. They, uh, they did some research and found out where he was living, and they flew to Atlanta to pay him a visit to find out what was going on. On the second day of their visit, he threw them out of the house. They were uh, uh, interfering with this new lifestyle. Before leaving, Christopher's dad placed his cherished Bible on the kitchen counter in hopes that Christopher would pick it up and read it and come to know the Lord. When Christopher found the Bible, he picked it up and he threw it in the trash can. As time went by, Christopher's mother would go into her prayer closet and she would pray and she would ask God to use any means that he saw fit to bring her prodigal son to the Father. One morning, eight years later, Christopher answered a knock at his front door. There were 12 DEA agents, Atlanta police, and two drug dogs. They raided his house, confiscated a large shipment of drugs, a large sum of money, arrested Christopher, he was convicted and went to prison. One day he was walking around the cell block trying to avoid the other prisoners and he noticed a garbage can running over the filth of garbage and he thought to himself, that's my life. That's the life that I made for myself. As he passed by, he noticed a small book lying in the middle of the garbage. He picked it up and wiped it off. It was one of these testaments, New Testaments, that a Gideon had given to a prisoner. And the prisoner had thrown in the trash. Christopher took that Bible back to his cell and he read the entire Gospel of Mark. He said the words more than just ink on paper, they became the very breath of God speaking to him. He started studying the scriptures, and over time his heart began to warm, and he felt as if God were calling him into some form of ministry. In the summer of 2001, he was released from prison, and a miracle happened in his life. One month after his release, he was admitted into the movie Bible College where he became a student, and after years of intensive study, he became a, a professor in the Bible department. Now, Christopher makes a point of telling this story to each new group of students that come into his, into his class. He wants them to know how the power of God's Word changed the prisoner into a professor. Amen. He also made up with his parents and they go around to travel together telling this story, each, each one of them telling their particular part of this story. And Christopher shared this with the giving so that we could share it with you. 
For those of you who may not know, the Indians is an association of born-again Christian business and professional men whose main purpose is to bring God's Word to the world through personal witness and scripture distribution. We partner with supportive churches like this church to provide God's Word in 109 different languages. Locally, uh, I think here at Oxford Vest, I know they they uh, put out 3,600 books at Oxford Vest here. Uh, and up in Jacksonville, I know we, we hand them out to fifth graders, to high school seniors, to DSU students, to prisoners, police officers, firefighters, EMTs, uh, military personnel, and the people on the busy sidewalks, large cities and small towns. We also place whole Bibles in the traffic lanes of life, hotels, motels, hospitals, convalescent homes, uh, doctors and dentist offices, uh, veterinarian law offices. These Bibles have helped many people by providing God's Word in the right place. One cold, icy Christmas Eve, Elliot Oslick found himself alone in a motel room with John. His intention was to end his life. His wife had kicked him or locked him out of the house. Uh, he'd been gone for three weeks, indulging himself in drugs and mischievous behavior while she cared for two young grandchildren while battling breast cancer and nausea cancer chemotherapy. Elliot was a failure as a husband and a father, and he knew it. As he got up to walk toward the bathroom of the hotel room, he noticed an open Bible laying on top of one of those old TV sets that you could set a Bible on top of. And this angered him. As he walked by, probably convicted him. When he walked past, he swept the Bible off on the floor and tried to kick it up under the bed. But the, the frame of the bed extended to the floor and the Bible lay open at his feet. He reached down to pick up the Bible and to throw it out of his sight. And the word John caught his eye. Elliot was Jewish. He wasn't connected to God. As he looked down again, the word peace caught his eye. And he read John 14 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled. whole thought process changed. He got on the phone, he called his wife, told her what had happened, that he needed help. No, she couldn't get it. But she did. She gave him the phone number of their Christian pastor. Now, Elliot was hesitant to call the pastor because this was the same guy that he would run off when he would come over to check on his wife's dad. But at 11 o'clock 
on Christmas Eve, he made the call. Woke up the pastor, told him who he was, what was going on, and he needed help. Pastor's reply was, "Where are you? I'll be right there." Kelly told him, "Too dangerous for you to travel on icy roads tonight. It's okay. I'll come to your house in the morning after the roads." So Elliot showed up on Christmas Day at the pastor's house and was introduced to Jesus Christ. He spent the next three days in that motel room reading the New Testament, cross-referencing with the Old Testament prophecies. And he came to the conclusion that Jesus was not the bad Jew he had thought he was, but Jesus was the best Jew. And the prophesied Savior. The following Sunday, Elliot attended the pastor's church. And when the invitation was given, he walked down to the front of the church, confessed his sins, and accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Now, why wasn't that forgiven? She told him that uh, he couldn't come home. She had time to process all that had taken place. So he flew out to California, spent six months with his mother. She died in leukemia. On the day of her funeral, he got a call from his wife telling him that he could come home. He returned home and with God's help, they started putting their family back together. That's not the end of the story. Two years after. Elliot had accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. He, God called him into ministry. He went to seminary, became a Baptist minister, and served the Baptist church in Jefferson, North Carolina for 13 years before he retired. He's still involved in various forms of ministry, including doing speaking and telling his story. Story in which he assures his listeners that if God's grace and mercy extended to someone like him, that it was available to him. He also tells them that he got to meet the Gideon to place the Bible in the motel room to save his life. God's word and Businessman had a seven-day business trip to attend, and he had a big decision to make. Did he take his wife or his girlfriend? Wife, girlfriend. He took the girlfriend. When they arrived at the hotel, she began unpacking their things and putting them away. He sat down in a chair, took a book off a blue book off the nightstand, opened it up, and began reading. It was a Gideon placed New Testament. Now, I don't know what scripture he read, but he was immediately convicted of his sin. He looked at the young lady and he said, "This is wrong. We can't be here like this." He said, "Fine, I'm going home. Pack the things, call the cab." Now, he had to stay there for the week of business meetings, but every spare moment he had, he read in that New Testament. 
when the meetings were over and everyone was going home, he took that testament with him. When he got home, he sought out a nearby Christian church and he asked the pastor to tell him about this man Jesus. Today, this man, his entire family is Christians and he is involved in getting ministry. God's word. group of Gideons went to a large city over in one of the African nations to hand out testaments like these to the people on the busy sidewalks of the city. And while they were there, they decided, well, let's include the surrounding villages. Now, one of the villages was so remote that the road uh, only went so far and you couldn't get to it by truck because the road only went so far and then a trail or a path continued on for miles to the village. So they made some arrangements with some men of the village to come and meet them where the road ended and path began and they would hand them boxes of testaments to carry back to the people of the village. On the day of the distribution, uh, they loaded up their truck, went to the wrong boot point, no one was there. Waited around an hour, no one showed up. Two hours passed, no one. Three hours passed, still no one was showing up. They began to talk among themselves and they decided, well, must have been a miscommunication. We must be here on the wrong day. Let's load up and go back to the city. One Gideon spoke up and he said, you know, he said, I'm having a bad feeling about this. Let's give them one more hour. Halfway through that fourth hour, they heard voices on the trail. They weren't the voices of the few men. As they watched, men, women, Everyone in that village that was able to walk miles and miles there emerged from that trail dressed in their Sunday finest in honor of the occasion of receiving their copy of God's Word. The Gideons were greatly blessed by the smiles and the expressions of gratitude on the faces of the people that they received their testimony. And that evening, as they returned to the city, they praised God for that little time. God's word. God's word. There are millions of people in the world that see God's word in their lives. A dollar, I think it's gone up to a dollar and 85 cents. Uh, I heard a dollar 55, but I think it's a dollar and 85 will purchase and place one of these testaments somewhere in the world. And that includes all the costs involved in getting the greatest story ever told into the hands of someone waiting to be. We ask that you continue to pray for this ministry, that God will continue to open doors for his word in this country and across. We ask that you also Financially. You can do so by making a check payable to the Gideons International Bank. 
Would you write an article on the bulletin insert by making a cash donation? You can also donate whole Bibles at any time to the Gideon Card Bible Program. These cards are located right outside in the lobby there. Y'all have a great assortment of Gideon cards out there uh, for all types of occasions. Probably the best rack that I've seen in, in the church yet. Uh, but those cards are free. And for a $5 donation, you can place a Bible in honor or in memory. One of our
as he opened up the bulletin, saw his name in print at the Gideon Speaker, the Nerve Scout Works. As people in the congregation around him saw his name in there, they, they would lean over and tell him, you know, hey, we're anxious to hear your speech today. By this time, the nerves had taken full control. He was paralyzed with fear. He'd forgotten his speech, and he was in full panic mode, asking for prayer from everyone around him. As the service began, and the time drew near, he was desperately praying for Jesus to come and give him some relief to ease his anxiety. But there was no peace in the sleep. When the pastor introduced me as a Gideon speaker that day, I got up and walked down to the front of the church, scrambling for something to say to keep from embarrassing. As I stepped up to the lectern that day and turned and faced the congregation, I felt a strange peace and calm come over me. My mind cleared and I gave my presentation exactly as I rehearsed it, the kind of space. When I got back to my seat, sat down. I was in a state of complete awe and relief. And as I sat there trying to process what had just happened, it dawned on me why Jesus was not at that pew, pat me on the hand, telling me everything's going to be all right. He was up there at the lecture, waiting on me to take a step of faith. I've been a Christian for many, many years, but this experience has transformed my relationship with Jesus Christ. And it strengthened my, my reliance on the Holy Spirit to guide my life. Praise be to God for opening that door to the speaking part of the Gideon ministry and pushing me through. Uh, This is this story has got a lot of me in it, but it's really not about me. It's about what God has done for me. And all praise, glory, and honor be to Him. I want to thank y'all again for giving me the opportunity to come and speak today for the warm reception you've given me and Nancy, and we, we really appreciate it. And if you'd like to leave a gift for the Gideons today, I'll be in the back of the sanctuary after the service to receive it. Thank you, and God bless you. Amen. I love to hear the stories. And they're so many. You know, you think about this, 
Many of us can't go out, we can't do different things with the Gideons through the boys. They're an outreach of our church. So maybe that, that year one of y'all gave some money and hey, I got saved. We'll pray about it. Let's just pray for them. Lift them up. And if you hate any of you say, I would mind doing that myself. But how would that work? This morning, as we come to the close of our services, I thought about that it was a perfect time. But again, here we're getting ready to celebrate Valentine's Day. What's Valentine's Day? That's about love. What's the gospel that's getting shared about? It's about love. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Let me tell you, without the Word being out there, many people would never hear it. They're liable to pick up one of those Old Testaments. They're liable to receive one. You get saved when you come to it. You think about this. Somebody prayed for you. Be saved. You might not ever know who it was. They might not even know you. So today, pray. Pray that the power of the world will reach those who are in need. We'll have a little invitation. Because I don't. Thank you, Bill, over those service on Sunday morning so I have an invitation. If there's something on your heart you just need to come and pray about, the altar is open. So ladies, y'all come and just give us one verse of invitation. Just do what the Holy Spirit does so as you stand your feet. <coughs> pray and we're going to sing page. We know. Oh, 123. Sorry. Right. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning. I thank you for just the opportunity that we had to come to your house, Lord. And I thank you for the power of the word that he shared about the spreading the gospel. Father, now more than ever, the gospel needs to get out. Now more than ever, people need to hear your word. So, Father, Lord, I want to lift up the Gideons to you. I pray that you can strengthen their numbers. Lord, that you give them the strength they need every day to go out and share the gospel. Father, I pray for the church that there's somebody here who's trying to hear you on the verge without the help let them realize that today's the day they can reach out to you. Father, you are there for us whenever we need you. Have your way here in this invitation. Lord, thank I pray. Amen. Trust me.